Running a pet business is no walk in the park. I've been there, done that, and sure have the campfire stories to prove it. That's why Pet Boss Nation created Camp Pet Boss, where you can relax at a beautiful lake, refuel your leadership confidence with our in-person activities, and reignite your passion for the pet business of your dreams with your pet industry peers and trusted experts. Camp Pet Boss is a one-of-a-kind business retreat that mixes conference learning sessions and camp-like activities for pet professionals and their dogs. When was the last time that you got away from your business, unplugged from the chaos, and reconnected with your inner entrepreneurial spirit? And I hope that you heard me, that your furry best friend could be there too. Get ready for the most amazing and unique in-person adventure for pet business owners and their dogs, happening this summer in Lake Delton, Wisconsin, August 27th through the 30th of 2024. Tickets will sell out, and one building is already booked solid, So I want you to hit pause on this podcast and visit camppetboss.com right now to make sure that you have a room reserved. Your ticket price includes all food, lodging, and seminars. Need another reason to secure your ticket early? How about a massive discount of savings of $850 off your ticket? That's right. Early bird pricing is happening right now, but not for much longer. And I can't wait to hang out with you at camp this summer and share all those juicy pet boss stories around the campfire. Feeling overextended or burnt out as a pet sitter, or maybe you're looking to add pet care, dog walking, pet sitting as a new revenue stream to your business, or perhaps you've been thinking about that podcast that you want to start. Colin and Megan Funkhauser of Funky Bunch Pet Care are my podcast episode guests today. Their podcast, Pet Sitter Confessionals, is ranked in the top two and a half percent of all podcasts worldwide. That's amazing. They are rock stars in my eyes because they're running a multiple six figure pet care company, working together and married. Their pet care service areas are two and a half hours apart from each other. They produce two podcast episodes every single week and run a free Pet Sitter Facebook group. Oh my gosh, I don't know how they do it. So keep listening and you'll absolutely be inspired by this dynamic duo. Welcome to the Boss Your Business Podcast, the show for the local pet business owner. If you have a physical building, carry inventory, have a team, or dream of having one someday, then this podcast is for you. You'll hear honest conversations from pet pros work in the streets of Main Street, where dog business is big business. I'm your show host, Candice Daniolo, the founder of Pet Boss Nation and a pet business coach. I've started, scaled, and sold three successful pet businesses and now help mentor thousands of pet professionals to see success faster together. I'm sharing my favorite business tips with you mixed with the latest secrets of what's working now, especially in this challenging world. So if you're a pet supply store, grooming salon, dog daycare, boarding facility, pet sitter, dog trainer, or really anyone covered in fur, Let's get started. Uh, So I'm so excited to have Colin and Megan here with me in the house today, officially as our first pet sitting guests. Welcome, Megan and Colin. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, really excited. I'm so excited because we could probably do an entire like mini series of all of the things that we could cover together and and talk about, right? Don't you think so? (laughs) 
there's a few things that we can definitely put in there. So <laughs> I think yes. maybe we can just schedule that in for the rest of the year. At some exactly. Time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Maybe more podcast episodes to come. Yeah. Well, I want you guys to definitely share with us what it's like to be married and running some companies and your own podcast together. What's that like? Um, it's great. I mean, we got married because we like each other and we still like each other all these years <laughs> later. We just celebrated our 11 year wedding anniversary and have been doing the podcast for almost four years now. Coming up um, on four years. Yeah. And then pet sitting through that entire 11 years we've been together. So it's been great. Yeah. And I think part of that is since we are so involved in everything, we're able to lean on each other's strengths and weaknesses as part of the businesses. We each have likes and dislikes. I'm sure there's things that we mutually dislike about running businesses, but we can kind of taxes, <laughs> taxes mostly. We can cover over a lot of that stuff because we know, okay, that person, I know Megan will handle these things and that's not where my strengths are and vice versa. Yeah. And so is how do you divide that workload? Like I know some of our Pet Boss Club members who are partners in their business. Some might say, you know, this person's the numbers person and this person's the creative or this person handles team and this person is all about customer experience. How do you divide the workload? Um, I'm not necessarily sure it's a conscious effort. I think there's just some things that we gravitate towards. Like I am more of a social media person and Colin wants absolutely nothing nothing to do with that. So, <laughs> and he's more of the website tech numbers kind of person and I don't really want anything to do with that. So it just, it kind of ebbs and flows, but it's, we've, we've kind of easily fall into those positions. Yeah, very rarely do we have times where we're like, sitting down with a task in front of us and fighting over who's who has to do it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just like, you take it. No, you I think, take it. I think, I think because of how our personalities really are, it does line up with, I tend to do a lot more of the, the public things, the training of our staff members, the going out, door knocking, talking with other business owners. Megan does the behind the scenes scheduling, invoicing, mm -hmm. uh, all, of, all of that side of the, the business. And um, that's been really great just because you know again I, the social media stuff is something where i i don't have the bandwidth to process most yeah. of that stuff on any given day yeah yeah well i know when i attempted to bring my now husband but at the time a boyfriend into the business he did he did help at my doggy daycare and it was awesome you know he was a great great at the handyman like fixing the whole place every time those dogs would beat it up and then um, helping, you know, drive uh, ideas and promotions and the team to sell. It was great. And then we brought him into the Pet Boss Nation world and tried to co-work at home. And I micromanaged him so badly. <laughs> it was like, real. it was really bad. I learned because I hadn't, I, you know, I had to learn what his strengths and, you know, weaknesses were, but then I, he, it was not, it was not good for our relationship. So he does not, he's not involved in the Pet Boss world anymore. <laughs> And we joke about this. He knows. I'm not saying anything to you that I haven't already said to him. You know, it knows. It was all my fault. But I, I could tell that there was just a strain on when we were in a relationship and trying to work together, the strain on the relationship. So have you learned to manage your marriage and kids and, you know, and business? Um, I think in intentionally setting time for business talk. I am not good at that, but Colin's like, yeah. you know, we need to set, we need to talk about this later. This does not need to be dinner table conversation. This does not need to be right when the kids get home from school. You know, we need to talk about these things. This is separate time, maybe when the kids go to bed or, you know, first thing in the morning, if it's something that needs to be dealt with right away. It, and that's kind of just how we, we do it. We, we intentionally set that time. 
Yeah, and I think because also you're you're in this relationship with somebody, you're, you're married, they're a life partner, you, you have to have some sort of trust with the other person that there is some sort of best interest at heart when you're interacting with them, that you can go to them with this, your concerns, go to them with your struggles, go to them with your frustrations and feel free to vent knowing this other person will receive this well. Uh, and right. That, that, that trust in how you present things, how you bring up topics. Uh, if that's fundamental in in a basic you know just in relationships in general but it's especially important when you're running a business together to know i i have to trust when this person comes to me it's for a, a benefit it's for a very good reason and then you go from there and I, the, that person is not just going to run away because my idea was terrible exactly yeah <laughs> right it did, didn't work and so i'm gonna get fired <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> not quite they may yeah. hold they, they may bring it up later but no yeah. <laughs> awesome so moving now to the actual pet sitting side of your business funky bunch pet care i love it i re saw on facebook because we're facebook friends i saw that you had expanded and you were really proud of this expansion into springfield missouri and then when I was preparing for this podcast episode, I just checked. I was like, okay, well, how far away? Where are they now? How far away? And I was like, their two pet service markets are two and a half hours away from each other. I couldn't, I was like so surprised by that. And I, and so I, I'm curious, what was the decision to go into that expansion and how's it been going? So our goal, our long-term goal is to really have this business support our family and our lifestyle. And we live in a really small town and that was not something that was going to be really possible and so we knew that we were going to have to expand out and hire staff and we are both um, Collins from the Springfield area and we both went to the university there Missouri State University that's where we met and his dad still lives in Springfield and so we have a lot of ties to that area we know they're super pet friendly but not a lot of pet services are being are being done in, yeah. <laughs> in, that, in that city. Area. Yeah. And so um, we just thought it was a great way to continue our company. And yeah. Yeah. We, we have basically a couple re, uh, options. We could take our current area where we live in a small town and just expand the service radius to go where it's insane, where you're servicing 40, 50 miles around, you know, in a radius. That's untenable. You don't, it's, it's hard to make profits. It's hard to schedule the, the staffing for that's difficult. So going to a more densely populated area that we're familiar with, that we like, that has a need, that has this hole that needs to be filled is where we saw that we could really make an impact there. Uh, and the fact that we enjoy that town, uh, we spend a lot of time there, we kind of connect well with it, made it a good fit for us to go that we see ourselves and our company operating here because we see ourselves there. Yeah. Yeah. And it does make a lot of sense because in a, in a busier market, you know, there's less travel time in between places. I know in Chicago where my pet businesses were, uh, there were pet care providers who would get an entire condo complex that might be 50 floors and they didn't really need yeah. anything else other than that one building. <laughs> yep. you know? Yeah. And so that, that was another aspect of this too, of going, what do we want our business to actually look like? And mm -hmm. it has definitely been a challenge to us as far as stretching what we thought we were possible of doing. Mm -hmm. uh, and it has changed and it strengthened a lot of even how we're operating in our existing market, our little small town of it's made us better here and proven some concepts for us us about what pet care is possible in both a, a rural setting and a more urban environment. Well, mm -hmm. and I know we're going to talk about the podcast in a minute, but the podcast was really 
um, spurred us on. It really spurred us on in a lot of this decision making. We were talking to other pet sitters across the country, across the world and how they operate their businesses. And we said, oh, well, we can go full time with this. We can make this a thing. We can hire employees and this can really be our career. Yeah. And so you've probably had to hire a lot more team to manage these, uh, this new service area and working with team remotely. Can you share more about that? Yeah, that's been interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it's been great though. I mean, we, yeah, we had never hired employees before we hired our first employee down there. She was kind of our guinea pig. Yeah, we basically had to sit down and go, okay, what is it going to look like down there? We're basically starting a company from zero. We have no presence. Nobody knows a single person who we are. Got it. So this wasn't, this wasn't you acquiring another pet care business. So that's what I thought too. At first I was like, (laughs) oh, maybe they got a great deal on a client list. No, 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 this was completely zero. So we started with no clients, no market share, no branding experience in that market, but we knew we had to have somebody on staff to start accepting clients. So basically Mm -hmm. that first person that we hired on, we had really high expectations for them. We knew they had to have a lot of experience because we were going to be two and a half hours away. We knew that they were going to have to be extremely independent and we knew that they would have to have some other job that they were doing to supplement their income because this couldn't be their only thing. Because basically Mm -hmm. we said we have no guaranteed hours. It's zero or who knows how it may be one, depending on how we grow. <laughs> and somebody who was committed to doing boots on the ground work, a lot of marketing connections, community building for us in our stead while they were down there. And that has continued to grow and expand as we've brought on staff members. And as we have experienced staff members, now they can start helping the new members who come on. So it's kind of getting this little bit of a snowball effect that's allowed uh, us to continue to have a presence. But Megan and I take a little bit step back every time we bring somebody on because we have more institutional knowledge in that area that we are not having to to manage and oversee as directly as before. Mm-hmm. And I think all of that is, is going back to what you've said a little bit earlier about thinking about what your life, what the kind of life you wanted to have and how you wanted your business to support the life that you wanted. And so can you talk more about how you committed to that vision for yourself and your family? Yeah. So a few months ago, we had some staffing issues. I guess that's to put it nicely. No surprise there. Is anybody (laughs) tired? Yeah. And so we we have clients that we service every single day. There's a minimum of five visits there every single day. And so we said, well, you know, we don't have staff to cover this right now. So Colin is going to be moving down there for X amount of time. And there were definitely, I mean, I think it was a total of two months that you had to move down there before we were able to finally hire, you know, some great people that we now have. But it was tough. It, it, you know, there were some weeks where we're like, is he ever going to come home? Is it just going to be me and the kids up here now? You know, what, 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 what did we do to ourselves, basically? Yeah. And I definitely didn't appreciate our business during those times of I don't like my business right now because my business is making me do these things, right? Because of the commitments that we have, I now have to do this. You know, it was the, sure, I stayed at my dad's house for a while, but that gets old. So I would, you know, stay at a friend's or I was sleeping in our office a few nights just to make visits work, especially over like Thanksgiving to make everything meet. And it really made me take a moment to actually sit and go, no, like, this is good. This is making me realize that I'm here putting food on the table and it's allowing our company to grow for future promises is really what that was. And it's really seeing that that vision, the goals that we have for our business and go, okay, well, this isn't super fun right now, but it is leading us down the path that we actually want to be. So we're going to have to make a little bit of sacrifices right now in order for that payoff in the end. 
Yeah. That progress towards what you want. And then when you have those obstacles, shifting your perspective of kind of like, you know, the glass is half full or the glass is half empty attitude. But when you can hold that vision so tight, then you know, it is something you're working on and that those um, problems of the staffing or having to maybe rethink of about the process really is something that will have to be done for you to grow to, because if it's not documented yet, then it has to get documented. Or if you don't haven't figured, I mean, it does, I mean, we're going through that right now, working on me taking a maternity leave. Um, you know, this podcast will air while I'm on my maternity leave, but we've recorded it ahead of time. And in the prep for me to walk away from the business for a few months, there's things that come up and coming up. And I was like, well, well, I always handle that. So who's going to handle that now? You know? And, um, but, but I love that, you know, you shared that going back to your bigger vision for your family and the business and knowing that the sacrifices right now will lead you to something bigger and better. So something bigger and better that you have done and stepped into fully is your own podcast, Pet Sitter Confessional. And you have more than 350 episodes. <laughs> I was also surprised by that number. I feel like, oh, I know that they've had a podcast for a while, but I was like, whoa, 350. That's amazing. <laughs> I mean, I, we haven't even hit 75 yet or 70. I, th- I, don't, I don't know what number this is, but it's not a competition. No, I know. <laughs> well, no, I, well, I just am like, I'm, I'm really proud. I did something once a week for a year. That was yeah. like, really, like, <laughs> yeah. so I can't imagine well, that, how proud you guys must feel. <laughs> oh, well. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the biggest things with podcasting is, you know, respecting your audience and committing to something because yeah. there's a ton of people out there who get a couple episodes in and, you know, no shame to them, but they just don't want to do it anymore. They realize that it's actually work, you know, sure. We're talking and it's fun and in front of a microphone, but then there's all the, the back end stuff of the tech and all that. Well, yeah. and, and the content, right? I know th- yeah, there's definitely yeah. been some, we record on Sunday nights most of the time, and there's definitely been some times Sunday afternoon where Megan and I are staring at each other going, so we're talking about what in four hours? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it was, it's something that we've done for, for four years now. And we originally started releasing one episode a week, every Wednesday. So one week would be just an, we originally started it with being uh, just Megan and I sharing about our ideas or our, our experiences as a pet sir, kind of confessing what it's like to be a professional pet sitter. And we got a few episodes in and somebody actually reached out to us and said, hey, would you mind interviewing me on the podcast? Me and my wife do traveling pet sitting. And it was one of those light bulb moments of this is what this actually is. This isn't about us. This isn't, I mean, we can continue to share stories, but now I can ask questions about how other people do things, how what they've yeah. built, what they've struggled with. And that's really where that confession part comes in. And uh, it's grown from there. And we started off doing once a week. When COVID hit, we, we actually, here's a little peek behind the curtain. We had over a year's worth of interviews locked and ready to go. And then COVID hit. And I realized that most of the content was like, it's going to be the best year ever oh, and yeah. like growth forever. And, <laughs> and you had so- already had them recorded. Yep. Oh, yeah. So they would have, they would have in... yeah, been a little tone deaf. <laughs> yep. <laughs> a little so bit. basically we, we did, had to pump those out. We did. We just purged and it caught, it stuck with us of Mondays. Now we do an episode with Megan and I Wednesdays is an interview with somebody that we release. And this is kind of opened up because every now and then a Friday episode will release if it's a special edition or something came up because during COVID we were really kind of doing a, a real time look at the pet sitting industry of interviewing people from around the world going, 
going? What's it like there? What's it like there? What's it like there? How are you struggling? What are you doing? What do your protocols look like? What are your clients experiencing? And it really helped us give this huge snapshot of what's going on. And that's still, that's still stuck at being able to get people from their different perspectives about the podcast. Yeah. So you are still doing it at least twice a week, sometimes three times a week. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Gosh, the that's, what, that's what all the, <laughs> the podcast experts are telling me. They're like, if you really want to grow your podcast, you've got to increase frequency. I was like, oh my goodness. Let me, no, let me get through it. not necessarily true. <laughs> no, no. And we, we only, we wanted to, to make the podcast because we wanted to do something different and unique yeah. together. Um, yeah. Both Megan and I have science backgrounds. Uh, yeah. We, we've, we met looking at river detritus under a microscope at Missouri State. Uh, we went to Texas Tech for master's degrees, which were additionally in science. And we've always been doing sciencey nerdy things and don't really view ourselves as doing creative things. And so we wanted to do something different. And I've been listening to podcasts for a very long time. Since their inception. Since their, almost since their inception, since they first came out. And I came to the idea with Megan and what I, the mistake I had made, just here's my confession, Candice, is I had actually outlined 13 possible episodes, the topics that we could cover. And Megan being the type A personality that she was went, let's do it. What do we need? How do we start recording? Yeah. <laughs> Come on, just grab your phone. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was something that we had already been doing for, you know, seven years at that point. And it just felt very easy. We could easily talk about this, our experiences and yeah, go from there. So we have already shared a podcast with my podcast editor, Sarah, who talks about how to get going and things to think about because so many of us, whether you're in the pet industry or not, could have a podcast, right? I mean, really anyone can have a podcast and on any topic there's podcasts, there might already be a podcast out there about it, but there might not be. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, and so I wanted to touch on this with our, our listeners because they are experts in something, probably in the pet care industry, hopefully in their pet care niche, but they also might really love, I don't know, baseball or really love something totally outside of it. And this could become a passion project for them. So we wanted to highlight just the idea of starting a podcast. And I would love for you to describe for our listeners kind of the evolution of what it was like for you. I mean, you've shared a little bit about that. You, you clearly were already somebody who listens to podcasts. Um, I actually was not, <laughs> I wasn't because I've never, I've actually never, ever had a commute. Not that I felt like, but I feel like that's when people listen to podcasts or when they were commuting and, or when they were at the gym and I didn't work out, <laughs> I never had a commute. <laughs> so I don't know. I just never got into it. And then I finally, it clicked for me and now it's actually, I love it. It's one of the, my most favorite things that we do. The phases that you went through of like, here, you've got this idea. And then I'm sure you were afraid about wh what the results might be all the way to now, you know, having this amazing podcast and really being a brand in the pet industry that people really look up to. Right. And so I'd love for you to walk us through what your stages were like. I mean, frankly, I feel as though it's a lot of imposter syndrome for me. Yeah. <laughs> um, right, so I for mean, me saying you were a brand in the pet industry, you're like, oh, we are. Huh? No. <laughs> no. <Yeah. laughs> well, it's a little intimidating. I mean, we're just here in a small town in Missouri, and we just speak from our experiences. I mean, when we started, it was just Colin and I, and now we've expanded into a new territory. We've hired staff. And so we're just at a completely different stage. And um, it's, you know, we've been able to kind of document that through the podcast as yeah. well. I think that question of, well, who am I to talk about this? Right? Yeah. Who, who am I to have this microphone? And what what does that mean? Why would anybody listen? And, and I think what 
what we've been able to experience is just sharing our stories and our experiences, what we've been learning and growing with. And that's what people listen to. They, they, they listen because you have something that's worth sharing. It's your story. Like at the end of the day, only you can share that. And it's a lot of reminding ourselves of when we first started, we had, again, we had just like our, like our expansion into Springfield, we had no personal brands. There was nothing connected to the podcast. The podcast came out and that was the podcast. And it was just these two random people. And it was growing. We grew that, Megan grew that by getting connected on social media, her ideas with sharing content, repurposing content. And reminding ourselves that if just one person listens, like that's awesome. Like I'm so thankful. Thank for you, that. mom. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or going, or when I'm doing an interview, um, going if 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 just one person gets something out of this interview, mm-hmm. that's all I need. And yeah. we've had people. I think one of the most touching things ever done was um, a fellow pet sitter put together a montage on Instagram and tagged us in it. And it was her recording herself writing notes over every episode that we had released. She'd gone back to episode wow. zero and filled an entire notebook worth of notes that she got and ideas that she had for her business. And it was really, I, I, I had to turn it off. I was going to cry. Like, yeah, I was just that like, was really like, sweet. Like that, that's, but she did that because she was listening to, to stories that were, were helpful and beneficial. Uh, and we think about that a lot of what value is this bringing? Yeah. A huge amount of value, a huge amount of value because it's that, that what is the momentum creates momentum. And it's that because you made a choice to, you know, go ahead and put yourself out there and, and share your stories and give a voice to those who maybe don't have the bandwidth to start their own podcast, but would love to be on an episode as well. It really <laughs> does help. It does help people because I, I we see the same thing and I, in Pet Boss Nation, we'll get you know, not, I haven't had a whole segment put together reels of people listening, but you know, when somebody takes a picture or like shares it and it's them listening, taking notes, it's like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. Or when they take an idea and implement it and they're like, I, I, I'm finally able to take a vacation for the first time in five years or something because we've been you know, implementing what you've been teaching. And actually like, that's, that's the impact that we're making with these kinds of platforms. It's that you can change people's lives just by, through inspiring them. Yeah. And growing and growing community. I think Mm -hmm. what's really fun to see people who, you know, regardless if they have one follower on Instagram or a a million followers, you know, we want to talk to them to share their stories and to see their followers go up after we share their episode because people are going, oh, I really like that episode. I want to see what that what is it want to learn more about what that person's doing and get connected and seeing other people and other voices rise up in the industry to continue sharing and impacting Mm -hmm. people has been really fun. Yeah. And so how has your podcast opened up other doors for you? It's allowed us to speak at some pet sitter conferences. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we hosted a retreat last year for some of our listeners, and that was pretty awesome that people came from all over the country to be together and see us and brainstorm and have a weekend. So we had an, an idea of putting together a, a retreat weekend of pet sitters from across the country who could come in and we do a lot of time, we spend a lot of time learning, but not a lot of time doing and applying and having that space. So just having a weekend to create and kind of a breakout mastermind group and focusing on really specific problems and questions people had and giving them that time and opportunity to do that. Uh, the, the speaking opportunities have, have been a huge blessing. Uh, and then it's also allowed us to, as Megan alluded to earlier, refocus on our own business. And as we're asking questions, the vast majority of time, um, I'm asking that question because it's like, 
I need to know that because I feel like that could be very beneficial to us. Yeah. Uh, or, or maybe down the line, I'll go, oh, remember that interview with so-and-so? They said they did this in that problem when they yeah. came up. And now we can apply that in our own business. So it's, been a, it's helped the, our business as well, just learning and experiencing from other people. Absolutely. So what advice do you have then for anyone who's wanting to start, uh, whether they have one or even then if they're just trying to grow it? I would say the best thing to do if you're just starting out, we'll start with it. If you're just okay. starting out, find that topic. And Candice, you mentioned, you know, whether it's baseball cards, whether it's they're running their own business, but write down those topics that you really, really fuel you because the point of the podcast is, is really something that you can invest in. Don't sit down and go, what's going to get me the most traction? What's going to attract the most people? Really, what, what, what are you going to be able to speak on about who you are? Write those topics out and then start planning out those first 15 topics that you can do for episodes. Don't worry about content right now. Don't worry about length. Don't worry about release schedule. Don't worry about microphones, nothing. Just think about what are some topics that I have, I'm really passionate about right now. Then you can see how much traction these things are going to get as you start doing that. <clears throat> I used to do this process whenever people would ask me to write a, a paper in school, right? They'd be like, pick a topic. And I'd go and I'd be like, well, I want to do this topic. And there would be only like one resource about it. And I could get a paragraph and be like, that's not a good topic. Let's pick yeah. something else. So you have those things. And then if you have just started and you are recording, really make sure that you know who your audience is. Are you talking to existing clients? That's a really great, that's a very powerful podcast to talk about existing clients. Is it to market to new ones? Is it to share resources to you, to your community? Really hone in on who you want to be on the other end of your microphone and in listening, talking to their ears. And that's where you can start to get some ideas for how to speak to them. Um, just like when you do your marketing for your business on billboards and on newspapers and flyers and events. Same thing with the podcast. Know who's on the other end because that shapes a lot of how you talk to them and the content that you give them. Okay. I was going to say be consistent. And okay. I think I touched on that earlier, but you know, as the, as the listener, because I listen to a lot of podcasts as well, it's, you know, I want to be respected and I, you know, if you say, okay, I'm going to show up every Wednesday. Well, I'm going to expect that you're going to be in my ears every single Wednesday. You know, I, you know, hiatuses are fine as long as they're, you know, announced and you come back on time. But I just, I really respect and hold highly the podcasts that, you know, respect me as the listener. And because this would be coming from, likely be coming from your pet business, it's also a reflection of your pet business. Mm -hmm. And so whatever, you know, content or schedule that you put in your podcast, people are going to, for better or worse, they're going to put that onto your business as well. If you can, if you show up and are respectful to your listeners, they're going to say, oh, this is a company that I can in turn respect and I hold highly. I love that. I, I never want to disappoint you, Megan. Oh, <laughs> Every Sunday, Candace. I, I, I was like, she said that so firmly, like, okay, we can't <laughs> let Megan down. No. <laughs> Megan has it like or that, but you're right. We actually, with the holidays, you know, coming off the holiday and in the new year, there were two weeks there where we were kind of in between seasons. I didn't know if we should record some. And our podcast editor, Sarah was like, well, I think it would be really great though. Like we can do a replay. We'll set it up as a replay. Maybe they haven't heard it before, but there's something that's there, you know? And I was like, okay, that sounds good. So yay, check. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Perfect. Well, you know, some of our listeners are not pet care providers themselves, right? They're not pet sitters, dog walkers, uh, but they likely hire their own pet sitters and dog walkers to take care of their own pets. So what's something that you want them to know 
or to consider about the pet industry that they maybe haven't thought of. Like they could even be still working in the pet industry, but they haven't thought of that other side of it. And I, and I mentioned this because this is something that was really eye-opening to me with Pet Boss Nation early on, right? Because I, I had my retail store. We did doggy daycare. I also dabbled in, you know, the doggy bakery world and we did some dog walking. And then I realized like when I would talk to other pet professionals, they were so siloed in their own experiences and didn't really understand how the whole industry and the ecosystem really works and, and, um, and the different nuances of each part. So I know we've got listeners who are not pet care providers and, um, I just wanted you to kind of speak to them right now about something that they need to know or think about pet care side of it. Um, I think probably one of the biggest things is to make sure that your pet care provider is insured. You know, your dog walker pet sitter has their own pet care specific insurance, uh, because, that is something that protects you as the pet owner. It's also going to protect them in their business. And, you know, making sure that you have your expectations lined out for them is also a really big thing because different terms in the pet care world mean different things. So when I say house sitting, what do you think that means? Or when I say pet sitting, what does that mean to you? Or, you know, every pet care provider business is different. Some do 60 minute dog walks, some do adventure hikes. There's so many nuances to being a a pet sitter or a dog walker that having that open communication and knowing from the get go, okay, this is what I expect of you. And the sitter is going to say, okay, this is, you know, my policies and my procedures, just making sure that you guys are on the same page before you get into that relationship is crucial. I'll touch back on that insurance very quickly, because if you, as the pet owner understood the amount of liability that is going on in your home with your dog during that process or even outside you know on a walk exactly who's you know that as from a business perspective we always ask who's liable right that's a really great question who's liable if the pet sitter lets gets the dog off it runs off and bites somebody while on a walk well my dog would never do that well you'd be surprised just Mm -hmm. talk to a pet business insurance agent and they can tell you all sorts of horror stories right (laughs) so so that insurance protects you as the homeowner so always ask for that policy because they're going to be able to see what's actually covered and that they are actually providing the services that they're covered for. Pet taxi is a really big one that a lot of people say that they offer, but pet taxi is an optional coverage on a lot of insurance policies. So if they say, oh, I'll take your pet to the vet, don't worry, ask for that coverage because who pays for that injury in the event of an accident while they're in that person's car. You want to make sure that you know those things before getting into that agreement. That isn't to scare anybody. It's just to let you know that there are things that are out there to protect you as the pet owner when you're looking at that uh, and so that you you know exactly what's going on. And then I'll say my, my thing for the what people should know is that that 30 minutes or that 60 minutes that they're spending with you it took that person time to get there. And that part of the price to spend with you is baked into travel time to get to you. And so people balk at what prices mean and what, how much to charge and how much to charge. A good professional pet sitter is going to understand all of that and make sure that that is priced so that they can consistently, reliably get to you day after day without having to cancel on you. That's part of what's baked into that price. You've segued into the next thing I wanted to ask you, just as you know, being owners of Funky Bunch Pet Care, I'm sure you've had to raise rates before. And, you know, it's the beginning of the year. Typically, a lot of pet service providers will raise prices at the beginning of a new year, whether they're a groomer or daycare or pet care. So can you tell us about what your experience has been like and raising rates and communicating that to clients or 
So our experience has been um, that we were severely undercharging when yeah. we first started out. And we started out 11 years ago and I'm almost embarrassed to say the, the price that we charge because it's so low, but it can be really damaging to undercharge. So then, you know, you have to clearly communicate that gently as, as possible to clients when you're raising your rates. You know, we, we don't ever want to justify or explain why we're raising our rates because, you know, when you go to McDonald's, they don't say, hey, it's five bucks today. I know it was four dollars yesterday, but, you know, the rising cost of everything and it's just, you yeah. know, you kind of get caught up in justifying. But we, we try as much as possible not to do that. Yeah. And so a lot of the rate changes, a lot of the fear comes in with, am I going to lose clients? Am I going to lose people because I have to raise my rates? And the truth is, is that you might. Uh, that's a very real possibility. But also the truth is, so you lost one person. Well, your higher rates are now most likely going to make up for that lost person anyway. And now you have another opening in your day to take on somebody else who knows no different. And so when Megan says we up, we we present these very um, matter of fact way, we don't write long screeds. We don't you know, get multiple paragraphs and multiple emails, getting people ready for that. It is seriously just a, as of X date, prices for services will be boop, 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 done. We know we don't even end with, please let us know if you have questions because the people who have questions are going to contact you anyway. <laughs> so I just, I, we just embrace that and go, okay. Yeah. And then any new person just gets in right at those rates and it, you just roll along. And mm -hmm. part of that is hard because you are stepping out, you're raising your rates. You have to be in some aspects, you have to be confident in, am I, am I worth that? Am I, am, are they going to actually see that value? And you have to trust and know that the people that are using your services will. Mm -hmm. And the vast majority will. And we've raised our rates, what, last year, I think, three times? Yeah. Three times over the last In year one alone. year. Yeah. And nobody balked. Like, nobody said it. boo about it. Yeah. And that, that's not to say that the next time we raise them, somebody won't. But you, we're, we're raising rates and... Um, that has allowed us to do a lot of things in our business. Well, yes. Mostly, mostly hiring. So yeah. we, we realized that, oh, our prices are not higher, high enough to actually sustain our business with hiring right. employees. We need to pay them a good wage so that they stick around so that we can continue providing good pet sitting and dog walking. Yeah, that was a big one for us when we recognized, okay, if we hire a staff, because I've chosen that, that's a decision direction we're going in our business, that necessitates these other things that we have to do now, including yeah. raising rates. Right. And it's all kind of a package deal. Yeah. Instead of just waiting until that next year, oh, well, I always only do it in February or July, like you're like, well, no, I mean, if we want to stay in business until that February or July, we need to make that price change now. Yeah. Okay. And, and, and that way it, it happens when it needs to. And it's right. not a thing where all of a sudden it builds up because for, for us, it was, well, if we just raise it one time a year, that means all of December, I'm sweating bullets, worried about what's going to happen. And I'm stressing out and I'm writing, rewriting them. And I'm freaking out about January 1 when I send that letter versus, hey, numbers are changing. We're not profitable anymore. I need to make more money right now so that in January, I'm still here. Right. And I can make that change now. And because the, the fact is, is that most businesses have very little operating margin, even as a service. When you pay taxes, you pay gas, you're paying employees, you're buying your equipment, insurance, everything. The margins are still really slim. And so just a little bit one way or the other can make or break your year. And so ch not being afraid to change it when you need it so that you can be around tomorrow to to continue servicing people. Yes. I love that. We talked to, that's a great, great 
segment right there on its own. <laughs> I'm like, we're, we're covering right now when this is being recorded in January. I was like, I'm going to just pull this little blip and share it with our pet boss club members because they're, oh. they're focusing on money right now as their uh, topic theme. And uh, actually on that note, you, you, you two are going to be visiting the pet boss club as guest experts in May. <laughs> Yes. I'm very excited about that. You'll be covering uh, more about pet sitting with our Pet Boss Club members in May. We're really excited about that opportunity and looking forward to speaking with everybody. So you do. You speak to a lot of pet sitters on all those 350 episodes, or not all, but a lot of them. I'd love for you to share with us a little bit, either some things you've learned. Maybe each of you could pick like either a favorite tip or something that surprised you or an episode that our listeners should go to your podcast and listen to at Pet Sitter Confessional? One less, and this is going to be extremely obvious to anybody who's had a business for any length of time, but as business owners who are very still very new to this, we don't have backgrounds in businesses. We don't have, it, it's, it's still very foreign. It's still very weird. One thing that I, I continually learn and remind myself of is that there really is no boundary between the personal and the business. Truly, they're, they're, we like to figure out and find ways to have balance and separation and boundaries, but there's no true separation. And I mean, I've had podcasts, and we'll, we'll include these links in the show notes for you, for you, Candace. But um, with me talking with business owners who, you know, survived cancer, and uh, now all of a sudden you're dealing with cancer and you have a business to run. And you can't separate those out. That Im one impacts the other in very obvious, real ways. And to not be afraid of that and that that is okay. And that allows you to start putting in yourself into the business and, and making it, viewing it as a mo much more holistic way of what your business is and represent. Not that your business is all of you, because it's not, you're a lot more than that, but you, it, it is still a part of you. It grows from you and, and with you throughout your days running the business. Okay, I was also going to say boundaries, but a oh. different different take because in the pet sitting and dog walking world, we a lot of times we're solo. And so we go from 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. seven days a week. Yeah. And so having those boundaries of saying, I, I'm going to take every Friday off because I love to do whatever. You know, I love to go crafting on Fridays or I love to go to the park on Fridays, you know, or I want to take a weekend off. It's it's really carving out those boundaries and it can be really hard when you are solo and these these clients depend on you and only you. And but it is crucial to prevent burnout because it is so easy to get burned out and to just say, I don't want to do this anymore. I can't handle it and I just want to give up. But if you want longevity in this business, you have to set boundaries. Yeah. And stick to them. Yes, exactly. And I, I'm glad you brought that up because I know that that is a really big topic right now, I think in the pet care world, right? Where people are work, just saying yes and working because they feel like there's no one else who can, can do it because I'm sure those clients are guilt tripping them a little bit like, well, I don't have anybody else to call. What am I going to do? And yeah, but I'm just thinking a client, you just made me think that if a pet sitter wants to be able to take off the weekends, Friday, you know, Saturday, Sunday, then they need to set that precedent at the beginning and let clients know you need to find an additional pet care provider that can do this on the weekends and kind of tell them in advance. Well, and that's why it's also so crucial to work with other pet sitters in your area and have a little network or, you know, find another one that you can refer to when you are not available so that you, you don't just say, Hey, client, I'm piecing out every weekend. You can say, <laughs> right. Hey, I need time away, but here is a great person that I recommend. Because ultimately, my, my big, big lesson that I've been learning is that you're not alone. 
right? Is that it feels alone as you're when you're by yourself 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. A lot of people say, oh, it's fine. I don't like people. I like being with pets more than that and whatever. It is genuinely lonely when you spend your entire day talking to no one and you feel so helpless because my clients have all these demands. They're demanding my time. My time's not my own. I don't know what to do. I'm stuck in this 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. seven days a week, 365 days a year. I never get to celebrate birthdays or Christmas or whatever. You can reach out and talk to people and get help. And there is a community out there that you will get connect and can get connected with that can help you in those moments. Yeah. And so speaking of communities, you have a Facebook group called Sitter Confessionals that people can check out and find their people, right? Yes. We'd be yeah. happy to have you. Yeah. yeah. We have sitters from across the globe that, that post in their questions. Some post anonymously because there's very sensitive topics that are there. And we have an amazing group of people, again, around the globe that are 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 there to help and support um mm -hmm. we and it is it's a great place to come with questions from beginning to expert we get people in there who've been in business for over 30 years who are asking questions or giving advice uh it's a great way to find and connect with people in your local area too yeah so we'll connect to that group and any of these episodes that you want to share with us in our show notes yep. as we wrap up here i'm just curious i have two questions for you do you have a word or a phrase for 2023 either as the company or each individually? My, my personal one, it took me a little bit to think about this, but kind of relating back to it, an earlier question, the word is, is really commitment and commitment in a couple of different ways, making sure that I'm committing to the right things and actually committing to them and, and not just half committing or in a lackadaisical way going, oh, sure, I'll do that. But really going, you know, what am I saying yes to? And un trying my best to understand, because I said yes to this, what are my subsequent obligations that flow from that? And knowing that that's what I'm actually saying yes to is the work for the rest of the year <laughs> that, that that one little thing actually is. So commitment. Okay, I was going to say persevere, oh. which is similar to yours, because, you know, with hiring comes its struggles and it feels like we're always hiring and, you know, some people are choosing not to be with us anymore. And it's just always a kind of battle. But, you know, with the goals that we have for our business, we know that this is the right step. And so to persevere and to commit to that is really going to help longevity. All right. And my last question is, what does bossing your business mean to you? I'm a very literal person. And so I took this to mean practically, you are the leader of your company. People come to you with questions and you have to solve problems. You have to lead them well. And even if you are you know, in this business by yourself, you are still leading your company and you have to do that well. To me, it means that your business does things for you and you have control over that, right? Your business does things. It pays bills, it helps people in the community, it expands knowledge base and it teaches and educates all sorts of things. It can do things. And when you are the, you're the boss of that, you're, you're taking over that control and you are allowing it to do those things in the community. I love it. Those might be my favorite answers to that question. <laughs> I love it. And I just want to thank you so much for being here today on the podcast. We will connect to all of the places where people can connect with you in our show notes and our Pet Boss Club members get to see you in May. And so just thank you so much for being here today, Colin and Megan. And thank you for the work you're doing. Please keep it up. Well, thank you. Stay committed. Thank you. Stay committed. <laughs> per <And> persevere. <laughs> thank you, Candice. It's been a real pleasure. I, I've, I've really enjoyed this conversation. Thank you for having us. Wow, we surpassed 75,000 downloads of this podcast. I just can't 
believe it. So thank you so much for tuning in every week and for being part of the show. It would mean the world to me if we got to 80,000. Could you imagine? And then, oh my gosh, all the way to 100,000, my mind would be blown. So to do that, I need your help though. So make sure that you subscribe to the podcast in case you haven't done that. Plus, I would love for you to tell other pet professionals about the amazing resources and ideas and strategies and tips and stories that myself and our clients and the people that we feature bring to you every single week, okay? So recommend this show to your fellow pet industry professionals. Have them visit petboss.com forward slash podcast and they'll find all the old episodes and exactly how to connect with us. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It really means so much to me that you choose this podcast as part of your business education and journey here in the pet industry. Thank you.